Listen, as we power on, that is the heart of what we want to do. We want the kingdom of God to come upon this 20-mile radius. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. We know what REACH stands for. It's raising eternal and community hope. And 2 Corinthians 10, 13b gives us our assignment. And it says, but we will celebrate or glory in only with regard to our area of influence. God has assigned to us to reach even you. God has given us an area of influence that he has assigned to us to reach the people of this 20-mile radius and watch God begin to move in their life in such an amazing way. And so we must recognize our area of influence and we must reach those who we've been assigned to reach. I'm so excited about what God's doing in our church because we've got a goal this year for every single person that walks through these doors and calls TWBC home to lead one person to the Lord Jesus Christ this year. Amen. So we hope that you're taking that goal serious. We hope you're still praying for that one that you would lead to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some people taking this serious because next service, we got nine baptisms next service. Amen. So if you want to see some miracles, stay around for next service too. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be good. But I want to encourage you that, that we must begin to set out and reach our area of influence. And so our goal is to ignite nations, to set them ablaze around the world, to impact the four-state area. That means to leave a true impression of the kingdom of God on them that will affect the way they live but we can we will and we must affect or change the culture of our 20 mile radius which means to influence it which means completely make it look different and resemble something completely different than what it has been I don't know about you but I'm so sick and tired of racism in our 20 mile area can I get an amen on that I'm so sick and tired of poverty in our 20 mile areas where kids can't even go to school without shoes holes in their shoes I'm tired of poverty in our 20 mile area I'm ready Ready to see God's kingdom come and manifest in such a way that those who are on depression medicine get de delivered from from depression amen that those of you who have a spirit of fear and you're always worried that the sky is falling and you got this chicken little mentality oh the sky is falling the sky is falling everything bad's gonna happen and if something bad's gonna happen it's gonna happen to me I'm gonna see God overcome the spirit of fear in this area amen and I'm gonna see God do amazing things not just in my lifetime but I'm talking within this year of 2017 that we've never seen before amen and we're gonna watch God do awesome things and so if we're gonna see that if we're gonna impact the four state area if we're gonna influence culture within a 20 mile radius we're going to have to use a power source that is greater than the one that the world offers amen We've got to use a power source that is greater than the one that the world offers. We're not going to overcome the world as we know it with a world type power source. We're going to overcome the world with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ amen. And if we're going to overcome it with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, many of us have to power on. We've got to turn on the power of God in our life. And that's what this whole series is about. Throughout the history of the world, the only way one culture changes is because another culture with a greater powerful influence, many times by force, put, imposes their culture on another culture. The only way you change is because a more powerful culture comes upon your life and forces you to change. How many of y'all have ever went on a diet in your life? You had a powerful influence from the outside, a greater power source than your own willpower, overtake your laziness and begin to propel you into a place of a healthy lifestyle. The only way Rome became the most dominant culture in the world in the time of Jesus is they had their culture and it was of a greater power than the other cultures. So their kingdom began to overtake other kingdoms and became the whole known world in the time of Jesus. 
It is no different than with us here today. If we are going to see God begin to move, it's going to be because his culture, the Matthew 6.10 culture, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that culture begin to come upon and overtake our culture here in this earth. We must begin to realize that if we're going to change and influence a 20-mile radius, it's not going to be because we use the world's tactics, the world's antics, the world's answers. We got the God of all creation who, is created, who created us in his image and has given us his wisdom to begin to implement his culture right here in this earth. And can I tell you, godly wisdom is greater than human education could ever be. And so I'm not so concerned about human education, but I am concerned about getting godly wisdom, how we can be influencers in this 20-mile radius and watch what God has planned for our life in an awesome and amazing way. So the church must realize that as we do this, as we, as we tap into this power source in our life, now this is a very simple illustration. We must realize this is a church. That if you've been born again and you've received the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life, yeah. you're already plugged into the power source. Yeah. 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 It's already there. You already got power to you who's fixing to go do the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The problem many of us have is just like this vacuum. We're doing this. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And you're wondering why we ain't getting results. This looks a lot like religion, doing all the work, putting out all the effort, but things are just dirtier than they've ever been. They're not picking up anything. We're not influencing anything. We're not changing anything. We're not resulting in anything. And we're sitting here putting out all the work and we're sweating and we're trialing and we're travailing and we're doing all this. But it looks a lot like religion when we're plugged into the power source. God says there's got to be a day as a believer when you take your finger and said, I'm going to power on. And I'm going to begin to see the gospel work. And now listen, I'm not laboring at all to pick up anything on this floor. It's the power that's picking it up. I'm not laboring at all to see the dirt get off the stage. It's the power that's picking it up. And Tammy's thanking me right now because I'm fixing to do her job all day. And we're going to see the power work. But see, a lot of us in our life, you've been raised in church all your life. And you've been doing this all your life. And today's a different day in your life. Today's a new day in your life because you've read about the stories of Jesus. You've read about the things in the Bible. You've seen about and heard about miracles even in this church, but you hadn't been a part of it. Today is your day that you quit operating in religion and you get to do this. Push the power button and change your life. Because if you've been born again and as you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're plugged into the power source. But God is waiting on a day that you rise up and take responsibility. We'll get into that in a second. That you rise up and take responsibility. This vacuum ain't going to run by itself. It needs somebody to put his hand on it and press the power button. Your gifts aren't going to manifest by themselves. God's waiting on you to step up and take authority and walk up to somebody and lay your hands on it and watch the power source begin to manifest in your life. I'm talking about powering on at a level that we never powered on before. I'm talking about even those who are weak, sick, hurt, dead, dying, who've fallen into the sleep of death, that we as a church, we say we're not settling for watching dirt be on our stage any longer. We're going to watch the power of God begin to change and cleanse the world because Jesus came and paid the price and the Father loves you so much he wanted to see it done. 
we're going to watch the power of God manifest in an amazing way. If we're going to do that, the first thing we got to do is we got to face reality. We got to face reality. You know the biggest issue why you never see change in your own personal life or your own personal culture is because we're not willing to face reality. The reality of the place that we're really at. Listen, if you came in here this morning and you're yakking up a lung and you got a runny nose, the reality is you are fighting the symptoms of something. So don't tell me you're not fighting symptoms of a runny nose when I just saw you sniffle. And don't do this. How you doing, pastor? (laughs) Don't ever do that. Okay? Don't tell me you're not facing the symptoms of something. It is the culture of sickness trying to come on your physicality of your life. And if we're going to be a part of a greater power source of a greater kingdom, the power source of God can come upon your life and begin to drive out the power source of sickness trying to come on your life. But you've got to face reality. You got to begin to face it. And so many believers are afraid, are afraid to face reality because you think it's a knock on your faith. It's not a knock on your faith. Faith, we are in a battle. We are in a war where one culture is trying to overthrow another culture and you are the field of the cultures that are trying to overthrow. One culture is trying to overtake you and bring sickness. The kingdom of God is trying to come upon you, make you healthy, healed, made whole, and walking in the power of God. And the craziest thing I've ever seen believers do is trying to deny when the power of one culture is coming against the power of God's culture in their life. Quit denying it. Face reality. We must begin to watch what God does when we face reality. If we're going to power on, there must be a purpose. The purpose for the vacuum when it power on is because it needs to clean something. The purpose for a Christ follower when we power on is to see the culture of heaven manifested. The purpose of powering on as a believer is to see Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your culture come, your will or your culture be done on earth in our culture as it is in heaven as God's culture. The reason we power on is because of the very last part of the verse opening scripture we read. And it says, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. But we got to face reality. The reality is this. The world that you and I know it as, that Pastor Joel is standing on a stage in the middle of Hopkins County, Texas, and, and, and wearing a black shirt and black shoes and some blue jeans and preaching the gospel, that is one part of reality. But it is not the full picture of reality. I want us to watch this video clip, and it's a movie that many of you have seen. It's called The Matrix. And as you watch this video clip, we must realize the reality that we're living in is there's two worlds. The world where the spirit realm operates and the world that we physically live in. And one world, the spirit world, has a great and profound effect on your physical world. And the reality is you got to face reality. If you sit here and say, well, no, I don't believe that stuff. Don't believe it, but it's not going to help you. Because if you don't believe it, you're going to walk in ignorant bliss and you're going to die miserable. But if you'll face the reality that there's two worlds that we're living in, everything will begin to change. Let's watch the video clip. Your hair has changed. 
Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection of your digital self. What is real? How do we define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. This is the world that you know. The world is close to the end of the 20th century. It exists now only as part of the moral interactive simulation that we call the You've been living in a dream world, you know. This is the world as it exists today. strongly resembles many of our thoughts on the world that we live in today. Many of us want to live in ignorant bliss, but the reality is there is another culture that is influencing the physical world as we know it. The truth is the real world is a spirit world, and many of the physicalities that we face are manifestations of another world imposing its will upon our world that we know it in the physical form. Over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about a series of different things that the one culture, the culture of Satan, the evil culture, the fallen world culture, is trying to impose on your life. And we're also going to talk about the power of the kingdom culture of heaven and how it begins to overtake and overthrow the power of the kingdom of darkness when you'll allow the kingdom of heaven to come upon your life. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, an issue that plagues many of us. We're going to talk about fear, worry, and anxiety. 
Fear, worry, and anxiety. If you know somebody who deals with fear, worry, and anxiety, somebody who has panic attacks, they need to be here next week. Somebody who has anxiety issues, you can't get through a day without popping some pills for some reason, we want to deal with those issues next week. We got people who deal with fear. You're afraid to go tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Why? Because what if? The what is is called a fear of rejection. When you realize that you are loved by your heavenly father and that his love is poured out upon your life, you're not worried about the rejection of man because you already received full acceptance as a son in the kingdom of God. We're going to overcome fear at this church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And we will go forth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The next week, we're going to talk about an amazing message. It's going to deal with bitterness, unforgiveness, and offenses. Come on now. And listen, it doesn't start with bitterness. It starts with offenses. (laughs) And we're going to deal with offenses in the church. If if you are easily offended, you got an issue that you got to deal with. Because if you don't deal with the offense, it's going to catch you up and you're going to get hooked and you're going to get caught in unforgiveness. And if you don't deal with unforgiveness, you're going to live a life that's bitter and miserable and wretched. And listen, I'm not going to sugarcoat around the battles that we're facing as a church because there is a culture trying to impose its will on our life. But the kingdom of God has come upon us through the Lord Jesus Christ and through being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And his kingdom culture is trying to come upon our lives. And so I want us to see people in this region expect and experience and receive the kingdom culture come upon our life in such an amazing way that what if we got to completely deliver this whole region of fear? Come on now. Our kids weren't afraid to go off to college because they know where they stood in Christ Jesus. And I brought this up once this morning, but racism is nothing but a fear-based issue. And if we can eradicate fear from this area, what can God do when all of his people start coming together and seeing something amazing happen in a real and mighty way? Listen, this is why Jesus came, to see the kingdom of heaven overthrow the realms of Satan and his demons that are manifesting in our lives. And many of us want to be like this guy in the video, say, I don't want to know the real world. I don't want to know the real part of it. Then you don't really want to be in the battle. And if you don't accept the fact that Jesus Christ called us to, to launch his kingdom here on this earth, and it is a cultural war, his culture versus the world culture or the fallen sin nature culture or, or the culture that we're living in, if we don't embrace the fact that we're getting in on his culture, we'll never accomplish a, a, a heavenly overthrow of this earthly area. And as we power on, we're going to see the kingdom of heaven begin to expand at an amazing rate. So much so, if you don't believe we're in two different realms, the Bible says this in Ephesians 6, 12. It says, for we do not wrestle or battle or fight against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This series is about a kingdom overthrow to establish the kingdom of God in every area of our life. If you're with me, give me a shout of praise this morning. Amen. I'm ready to see a kingdom overthrow. I'm ready to see the kingdom of heaven come upon Sulphur Springs in such a way that that the world begins to say, not that God begins to say, see, God's already said it, but the world begins to say, that is truly a Matthew 5, 14 city. They are the light of the world, a city set up on a hill that cannot be hidden because the kingdom of God has come upon them. I I love reading stories of old. I'm getting off here just for a second because I think I got about 30 seconds that I can spare. Um, I love reading stories about uh, John G. Lake in Spokane, Washington, where he had healing centers all over. And literally, they were deemed the healthiest city in the nation. And the hospitals didn't even have any work to do. 
That's what happens when the kingdom of God can come upon something. And Lord Jesus, if we do not embrace a movement of the kingdom of God to see the sick healed, to see the, those who are hurting and brokenhearted, watch their hearts get mended once again. To see those fathers, listen, now this is breaking my heart. To see those fathers who have been so hurt for five or six generations that they don't even know how to be a father and they've abandoned their kids and now we have more orphan kids because fathers won't stay in their homes. Lord God, that we can come upon and redeem the devastation of generations according to the book of Isaiah. I'm telling you, church. There is a task at hand that's been greater than it's ever been. But the power of God is coming in like a flood. And God's going to see something happen right here in Sulphur Springs, Texas. And you're going to be a part of it. You're going to do it. But we must face reality. And we must walk in power and do it with the responsibility that God gives us. As God gives us access to his power, to this power, it is our responsibility to turn it on. Then use the power on that he's given us responsibly. Now, I want to call a big time out because many times in your life, when you've been talked to about be responsible, it's a fear-based responsibility. And that is not the kingdom of God. Many times in our life, well, you know you don't need to drive too fast because you can get in a car wreck. That's a fear-based responsibility. Well, you know you don't need to jump off that roof because you could break your leg. And as the logic is there, and truly don't go jumping off roofs, amen, as the logic is there, it is a fear-based responsibility that many believers have started living out of. Don't go outside without your jacket on. You're going to catch your death of cold. Really? You just told your kid you're going to die of a cold because they walked outside without a jacket? We've been living in a fear-based responsibility, which is not responsibly at all. And so we must begin to realize that as we walk out the power of God and do it, we have a responsibility. And that does not mean cautiously or in fear. It means skillfully. Listen, we must walk out the power of God skillfully in our lives. You know how you're going to get there? You're going to practice it. Come on now. Remember uh, last year I did this message called uh, Practice Perfect and, and Jesus is Perfect. You must practice Jesus and you must do it skillfully and responsibly. That's why I did this this morning. Everybody go pray for somebody for 30 seconds. I want you to practice it and do it skillfully. And skillfully is different than cautiously. Let me give you this example. I love, I got a great friend in this town who's an awesome chef. And he was cooking some food for the church one time. And me, if I was cooking food for the church, Lord help us, I would order it in. <laughs> I saw him come up and he was about to start slicing some meat and if I was gonna slice some meat I would just get a knife start sawing on it this guy walks up moves everything off the table puts this roll on the table rolls it out yeah. it's every knife <laughs> that you could imagine every dude's eyes just lights up when they see crazy knives you know Craziness is something about us. And so all these knives are laid out. And as he started slicing vegetables, he doesn't do it like Joel does it. Slice, slice, slice. The dude wasn't even looking. He's like, just carrying on a conversation. Hands moving faster than I've ever seen. Just 
razor sharp knives. He didn't cut himself once. He wasn't operating cautiously. He was operating skillfully. There's a big difference in the church. Many of us in the church, we've been taught to operate cautiously. Well, you know, if you go pray for somebody, there's a chance that they might not get healed. And you start operating in fear, trying to pray a prayer of faith. And you wonder why it's not working. See, the Bible never said to operate cautiously. Jesus trains his disciples how to operate skillfully in what they had. He told them to go lay their hands on the sick and watch them recover. He said operate skillfully. And we as the church, we've mixed up what the word responsible means. And we think it means cautiously. And it doesn't. It means skillfully. Fully with the power of God. Now, now, Damon, I know you're a NASCAR fan. And isn't it today the Daytona 500? Or is it next week? Alex, the Daytona 500 is today, right? So the Daytona 500 is coming on today. And it is the greatest race in all of NASCAR. And in the, being the greatest race in all of NASCAR, they have it at the very beginning of the season. And it is the biggest opening event that there ever is. Can I tell you when then drivers get in the car and you have all that horsepower under the hood, they have not been taught to operate cautiously. They've been taught to operate skillfully with the power that's under that hood in such an amazing way that they can win a race. Well, come on, church. See, God has got you some power under that hood. And he didn't say go use it cautiously. He said, but with that power that's under the hood, he gave us a direct mandate. He said, go ye therefore into all the world in my name, with my authority, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And behold, I'm with you always, even until the the very end of the age. He goes on to say in the commission in Mark, he said, he goes on to say, and you, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues in my name. They can drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all in my name. They'll do it. We've got to begin to understand that in the world we live in today, it is not about operating cautiously. It is about operating responsibly and responsibly doesn't mean scared. Responsibly means skillful. Responsibly means in a way that we haven't tapped into yet. To live responsibly means you understand the responsibility you have, not just with the power, but also to those who live under the influence of that power. Listen, you not only have a power to, uh, a responsibility to operate in that power, but you also have a responsibility to those who are operating under the power that you're about to lay on them. See, a NASCAR driver has the responsibility to maintain his car and keep it under control, but also he has the responsibility to do it for everybody else on the track. Some of them don't live by that rule, amen, but they're all racing to win. In our life, we have the responsibility to operate in the power and to do it skillfully, but we also have a responsibility to those who are, who, who are going to have the power come upon them. See, this is where the love comes in. See, because if that part wasn't in there, some of us would just go get power hungry and try to usurp a dictatorship type kingdom when God says it was never about a dictatorship. It's always been about a relationship. So therefore, your power that you exert on somebody's life when you pray for them must be followed up and preceded by also explaining the love of the Father to them, how he's doing this to see his kingdom come upon their life because he wants a relationship with them. 
See, people ask me this all the time and say, Pastor, explain this verse of scripture to me. Lord, Lord, on that day, we'll say to you, did we not prophesy in your name and speak in new tongues and do all of these other things in my name? And he said, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness or injustice. I never knew you. See, the worst thing a believer can do is run out there with the power and not use it skillfully. Listen. When Jesus witnessed to the woman at the well, told her everything she ever needed to know about her life, he did it skillfully in such a way that he waited two more days to explain it to the rest of the city. See, we're not going to be this church that just runs out there slamming, throwing things around. We will be a church that administers the love of the Father. And when we see a miracle happen, if they're not born again, I want to see a born again happen, a greater miracle. And when we see a miracle happen, if they're not in right relationship with the Father, we renew the relationship with the Father. See, the only reason Jesus ever did a miracle was to show how great the relationship they could have with the Father truly could be. That's the only purpose for miracles is to get people's faces turned back to the heart of the Father. And we're doing the world, our culture, our city, our, 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 our place of influence, a great injustice if all we do is go out there with some great power from on high, but don't tell them about the source of it. We must begin to operate in such an amazing way that the world knows the love of Jesus. And what does that look like? I want to make a controversial statement here. It's not the smartest thing to do, but I need to do it anyway. When we go walk in the power of God and operate in the power of God, it is not living like Jesus did when he walked on the earth. Listen to this. It's not living like Jesus did when he walked on the earth. It is living like Jesus did after he was resurrected from the grave. There's a big difference. A lot of people say, we need to live like Jesus did when he walked on this earth. I I understand the heart, but I don't necessarily agree with the fullness of it. I understand the heart, and yes, we need to walk in that, because literally, that's the greatest example that we have in our physical reading, in our physical sight can see. So truly, we naturally aspire to the greatest example that we have, and that's great. It's how Jesus lived when he walked on this earth. The problem with that is we need to live by the resurrected Jesus on this earth, because here's the deal. When Jesus came, the why he came is this. Why did Jesus come? For you and for me. Obviously, we know the why. But what did he come for? He came, the what is this. What he came for was to fulfill all the obligations of the law so you could be set free. So Jesus, even in his unlimited power from on high, was still restricted by the law that was in place. So he said, my why, why did I come? It's so Joel T. Meyer could be gored again. So it's a Robert and Tina could be touched. So it's a Lisa who could be touched. It's a Russell who could be touched. It's, it's a Beth who could be touched. And so my why is still the same. It's still the people. It's a lost and dying generation. The what I came for is to fulfill all the law and the prophets so the curse of the law could be destroyed and removed. So our why needs to be the exact same. It needs to be for a Pete and Sherry. It needs to be for a Jeremy and Crystal. It needs to be for for a Zach and Lindsay. Our why has got to be the same. But our what 
is different than the what of Jesus. We're not doing our what to fulfill the law and the prophets. Our what is to fulfill all the power and the grace that God wants to throw on this nation, on our city, on our people. It's our what is this to see the power of God come in an unhindered force called grace. And, and where sin abound, grace abounds that much more. The Bible says, and I will give you all grace so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound unto every good work. So why Jesus came was for you and for me. The what he came for was to fulfill the law and remove the curse of the law. The why we're here and born again and need to be powered on is the same. It's all the people we come in contact with, with the relations. Our what is different. Our what is this. is so everybody who's in high school can feel the love of the Father in an amazing way and watch the grace of God come upon their life and touch them in a supernatural way. So our why is the same, but our, our, our mode is different. We must operate in a way. Not that Jesus just did when he was on this earth, but how would the resurrected Jesus operate now if his message and his mission was it's to show the world what unhindered un, un, untouched grace looks like coming straight from the father because i've already done my job and the curtain's been torn in two and it made an access way for you to get to the father but it also made an access way for the father in heaven to come down and show yeah. you everything that he has yeah. for this place yeah. come on. And a lot of people say, oh, I would love to see what that would be like if Jesus did that. You know what Jesus said? I would love to see what that would be like because you start doing it. Come on. See, all of us want to see somebody else do it. All of us want to see somebody else do it. I don't want to see somebody else do it. I want to begin to do it. And if I want to begin to do it, I got to reach over to that vacuum cleaner and there's one button. But realize when you hit that one button. There's going to be a power source surging through you. And it's to be used in a way that it dramatically changes the culture that you live in. The life of the believer is to demonstrate the power and the purpose of the resurrection over every enemy of humanity. I want to read that one more time. The life of the believer is to demonstrate. This is why you and I are here. My purpose, my life is to demonstrate the power of the resurrection. Y'all, we're leading up into Easter real quick. We got three services, 8, 9, 30, and 11. Pick which one you're going to work at, pick which one you're going to worship at. We have over 1,000 people at this church. And our job on Resurrection Sunday is this. The life of the believer is to demonstrate the power of the resurrection over every, 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 every enemy that faces humanity whether that be an illness or whether that be an oppression depression impression whatever I love it when the Bible says this about Jesus and I'll close with this so worship team come the Bible said this about Jesus and when evening came he laid his hands on the sick and he healed all all of those who were oppressed and afflicted by the enemy. I love that term all. 
He exercised the power of the resurrection before it happened <laughs> over every enemy of humanity that he came in contact with. If the ministers can come and begin to pray. Because it's your day at TWBC to power on. And I want you to think for a moment about your coworkers who come into your workplace chronically with a complaint every day that gets on your ever-loving nerve. That's your person to reach. There's a reason it gets on your nerves because it draws your attention to them. There's a reason it bothers you because it makes you look at them. And if you'll be in the right realm, not the physical world of irritation, but the uh, amazing realm that the Father has uh, of inspiration, you'll look at the person who's in irritation and realize that's the Father drawing your attention to their issue so you power on and begin to change their life. To that one who is in here this morning, I'm telling you, you've got so many hurts in your life, you're not too far gone. You're not too far gone. You're not too far gone. What shall we say then to all these things? If sin abounds, God's grace, His power abounds that much more to heal your wounds, to set you free, to live a life without fear, to live a life that you don't worry, to live a life that is skillfully, not just crafted by God, but you skillfully craft out the kingdom of God as you move forward.